Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where we'll read all the books and then we'll write some more. I'm Jeanette. I'm Susan. And I'm Meredith. Hey guys, how Hello. are you? Hi. Well, <sighs> um, it's gonna snow today. What? <laughs> It, the it's weather November. says it's supposed to snow all day. Wow. wow. Whoa. I am like bust- both super excited and super sad for you because I know you're not excited. I am not excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My husband's like, it's November. It's late autumn. It's going to snow. <laughs> I'm I mean, like, I don't care. You do live in Colorado, so I suppose yep. that is to be expected. I'm just never happy when it snows. (laughs) Because, I mean, the girls are still so young. And it's like, if they want to go play outside, then I have to go outside. And it's like, ugh. (laughs) Yes, this is true. So all books will be coming out. Activities will be coming out, you know. Um, But I'm hoping with those books that we'll keep practicing reading because my oldest is starting to read. So that's like an awesome bookworm milestone. Yeah, that really is. That's so exciting. I know. I was just like listening to her like sound out the letters and then blend it to make the word. I was like, this is amazing. That must be so cool cool just to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's cool when my daughter just like remembers words from a page. So actually seeing... Actually seeing her start to read must be incredible. Yeah. Well, so my my youngest is um, a little older than yours, Jeanette. Right. But she does the same thing. Like, she'll just rattle off books by memorization, you know? Right. <laughs> and I think it's so adorable. But, like, so, but then, like, actually reading, it's like, that's a skill, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, Yeah. So, well, well it's not it's not quite snowing here yet, but it, it did get no. cold. Uh, yeah, didn't it rain for you guys? It yeah. rained all week, and it's been raining Ugh. all year, and I'm just going to grow gills at this point. <laughs> oh, no. But maybe that means we'll get a lot of snow once it's actually cold enough, which That'd would be make, really exciting for which me would make anyway, Jeanette anyway. very happy. Yeah. Um, and it'll make it me make happy that cocoa. she's happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you cocoa and cookies, I promise. Or maybe some more tea. Or maybe some uh, more tea. tea. Yeah, because uh, uh, Jeanette and I got together with another friend yesterday, and I hosted a little tea party, which was fun. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it's a good time of year for tea. Mm-hmm. Meredith so, yeah. was a delightful tea hostess. Uh, well, awesome. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got dumplings, which was always a good thing. Uh, yum. Yes. Those were also delightful. Yep. <laughs> I did not make them, but uh. <laughs> I would have I would have let it slide, Meredith. I would have let all the listeners think, man, that Meredith is one talented bookworm. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, that was super, super fun. Um, yeah, it was good times and we got to spend time with um Aaron from the IRL book club. Yep. Yeah. And uh Guys, I accidentally joined another book club this week. I mean, not accidentally. I mean, I did it on purpose. <laughs> another one, an accident. It was an accident in the sense that I'm like, oh, well, you know, another book club. Oh, no, I have four now. What am I doing? I was doing? just going to say, does that make four book clubs for you? It does. That's I'm like sorry. one a week. 
if you uh, <laughs> are, if all of them are monthly. <laughs> yeah, so this one is monthly. And um, mm-hmm. it's actually the faculty book club at the school I work at. And they every year they read a selection of YA books. And I participated a different year. But what ended up happening was that I had meetings on the days that they were having book clubs every mm-hmm. single month. Oh. So I gave up trying to uh, be a part of that book club. But I am now teaching a different class and my meetings aren't on that day anymore. And I'm like, oh, I could actually go to the book clubs. So I signed up. And the first book is a Jason Reynolds book. It's Long Way Down, and I'm really excited about it. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Because I know yeah. you were really enjoying some of his other books recently. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to talk about that more when we get to our uh, what we're reading now segment. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, at least yeah. they're YA, so that's not so bad. <laughs> no, it's not so bad. And then, you know, I still have my YA book club. And yep. obviously the eclectic readers. And the good thing about my fourth book club is that it's my family book club. And that's whatever else you're reading. Like you can come and you can talk to it. And that one meets very irregularly because we are all of the cousins in that book club live in different places mm. and do different okay. things. Well, that's cool, though. Yeah. yeah. It's nice like seeing what everybody's read and what they thought of it. So that's, yeah. a, that's a nice book club, too. Yeah. Times. And it's nice to kind of be, you know random about it like oh right i was reading this but you were reading that (laughs) so it's fun yeah well Jeanette, what are you reading oh cool segue (laughs) (laughs) just keep Um, talking (laughs) just go just go um so i'm actually finishing up weird sisters by terry pratchett which you know finally it does all connect because aaron lent that to me um, and it's very, very funny because it was a slow burn for me at first, but now I'm like really enjoying it because it's got kind of this Monty Python vibe and it's got um, references to um, Macbeth and Shakespeare and it's just funny. I that love sounds Terry really interesting. Yeah, it does. Yeah, a- it is. It, that, and that's the thing is like the plot is kind of fun too. It's a little wacky. But basically, you know, it's about this duke who killed a king because he wanted to be king, obviously. But um, he's going slowly crazy because what he doesn't know is that the king became a ghost and is haunting him. And then the king doesn't want to be a ghost and he doesn't want the guy who murdered him to be on the throne. So he goes to the three witches to ask them to help him with this problem of like, hey, my murderer is sitting on the throne and he's a terrible king. Um, And the witches are like, no, we're not going to get involved. We don't get involved in politics. And then basically everything in nature is being like, no, this guy is a terrible king. You're going to have to do something. And then the king insults them and they're like, well, now we got to do something. So, (laughs) um so they get all involved and it's just all mixed up and silly because Discworld. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really fun. Um, I just started Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi yesterday. And I've been looking forward to that one and I have to get on that because I, that one was one that I really wanted to read before the end of the year. And then I just finished Crooked House by Agatha Christie. Oh, okay. 
That is one of the best Agatha Christie's I've read in a long time. So I recommend that one. Um, Unenchanted by Chanda Han, which reminded me of Grimm, but honestly, when I read it, I just wanted to watch Grimm some more. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say watch some Grimm. And then last one was Sunny by Jason Reynolds, which is the third in the track series. I love this series. These kids are so amazing and the things that they go through in their life are so unique to them but at the same time relatable okay. uh, and sunny was like a slow burn at first because it's um it's in a diary style and uh, even though i like yeah. the epistolary styles it's just it was slow and then by the end i was crying so Aww. it's so good i say worth it then <laughs> jason reynolds he like he breaks my heart and then puts it together and it's beautiful Aww. so what are you reading meredith well, um, I'm working on a couple of things right now. Uh, I started this back in October, but it's like an anthology of short stories. So I'm not just sitting and reading it all the way through, but it's called Toil and Trouble, 15 Tales of Women in Witchcraft. And I'm not usually really into like short story anthologies, but so far it's been really good. I'm about halfway through and I just started like I'm still within the first, I don't know, chapter or two of a historical romance, which is Ooh. different for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's called A Dangerous Invitation by Erica Monroe. And uh, we actually went to college with her. <laughs> so I was like, it's about oh, time cool. that I read one of her books. <laughs> so this was her first one that she came out with a few years ago. So, so far, so good. Um, cool. The only other romance I've read was Wallbanger that we read for book club. And that was a contemporary and I was like, yeah, I definitely need to try some historical romances. <laughs> uh, and I recently finished some audiobooks that I really enjoyed. Um, so this one I started reading as a book back, like, I don't know, a couple years ago. And then my the, I didn't finish it before I had to return it to the library. So I finally got the audiobook. And it was called The Time Traveler's Guide to Medieval Ingu England by Ian Mortimer. And it was really good. Um, oh, yeah, I remember you talking about that one. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So I'm glad I finally actually got to finish it. And the audiobook narrator was really good. So if you're looking just to kind of learn more about what life was like then, um, I would definitely recommend it. And I also just finished Shrill, Notes from a Loud Woman by Lindy West. And that was a memoir for her. Um, I don't actually really know much about her. I guess she's um, like a journalist and a blogger and was in comedy a little bit. Um, but it was just really interesting to kind of get her perspective. She's only a few years older than me. So, you know, we're kind of in the same generation. But um, she's always been fat. So she, you know, it's kind of like her seeing her life as, you know, a fat woman, you know, a fat woman in comedy, a fat woman who is sharing her opinions on the internet and trolls. And rape culture, and um, it was it was very interesting. Um, and then, since we recorded early last month, there's a couple notable books that I finished that I want to bring up. Uh, I read City of Ghosts by Victoria Schwab, which was so much fun. It's a middle grade book, but I think anyone could enjoy it. It was just a quick, fun read. Uh, it's set in Ed Edinburgh, which was really fun. And I know there's going to be a sequel that will be set in Paris. So that should be Ooh. fun. Yeah. 
And then I also read another fun, uh, good October book called Gideon's Hunt. And that is actually by friend of the show, Bill Bloom. And it's about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's about a teenage vampire hunter who lives in Richmond, Virginia. And it was really fun. It was so much fun. So I've been reading some nice. good stuff. That's oh, awesome. That's so many books. <laughs> so many books. So what about you, Susan? What are you reading? Well, um, I am starting my reread of the Chronicles of Narnia. Yay! Oh, fun! Love yep. Love um, that. Yep. It'll. It's uh, audiobooks. Um, each book. Their audiobooks is, are so good. Yeah, read by each like famous English, you know, actor, and uh, I am starting with the magician's nephew. Um. So. Uh, that's that's always been fun. I should but, reread uh, those with you because it's just worth hearing those people. Yes, we can totally just discuss right after and how much <laughs> we love these people. <laughs> the narrators, you know, it's like, oh, we've read the book a million times. <laughs> oh, we can yep. discuss how we love the book, too. Yeah. No, the books that. are fabulous. Um, and the narrators are really good. So um, it was about time because I just finished the Anne of Green Gables series. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, man. As usual, like I cried at the last book. I was like, "Oh, so good." <laughs> um, and then uh, we just finished book five of Return of the King. Ooh! So we are in the home stretch here, people. <laughs> Your goal was to finish it by the end of the year, right? So, so that's how I made the schedule. Um, yeah. That's how it ended up reading a chapter or two um, each week. Uh, it, we will end around Christmas time. That's think, awesome. Like. So you are like right on target. Yep. Yep. So even with moving and babies and traveling, you know, like we're we're doing it. <laughs> we're making it. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm glad I'm rereading it, but it is Lord of the Rings is a commitment. So <laughs> um, in that sense, I'll kind of be glad I'll be done with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, well, there are a few announcements, um, a lot of awesome and cool things happening in, uh, the Eclectic Readers Book Club world. Um, you ladies have interviewed V.E. Schwab, which is amazing. And we did. It is, yeah, yeah, we have released it, um, on Halloween. Um, and it is a really good interview. I highly recommend anybody who is a fan of V.E. Schwab to go ahead and take a listen. Some really cool um, like tidbits you, f- you learn about her and some great insight on her books. And um, shoot, what was the book you were interviewing about? Vengeful? Ven- mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That was, um, she was on tour for that at the time. Yep. And, but she was just such a nice person. And mm-hmm. I got to ask her like all the questions I've been wondering so long about how she you know, writes these characters who are villains, but sometimes they're like not really villains. Um, And they're like monsters, but they're not really monsters. And she explains some of her train of thought with that. And she's just so interesting that I have so many more questions now that I've been like sitting on this for a month thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm like, Victoria Schwab, come back to Twitter because I have questions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or just come back on the show <laughs> yeah come back on the show that'd be even better because she is such a very nice person too yeah she sounds really nice and like she's such 
like good answers, you know, um, oh, yeah. really well thought out and things like that. So, oh, yeah, she's super interesting. And I would say even if you haven't read any of her books, you would still enjoy the interview. Uh, mm-hmm. My husband listened to it and he's never read her books. And now he's like, "Ooh, which book should I start with? <laughs> nice. <laughs> all of them, Tyler. Start well, with all yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just fanned out in front of you, like turn a page each book. (laughs) (laughs) I would do that if it would make any sense. I was going to say that would not be confusing at all. (laughs) Well, it Um, was was so fun because Vicious is the first book of hers that I read. And so for her to be on tour for the sequel and that's when I actually get to talk to her and have a conversation with her. I'm like, this is lovely. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a nice circle. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, all right. And another thing is we are doing our 11th hour readathon again this year. Um, Yay. Yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed it last year. Um, I loved uh, seeing everybody's posts on like what they were trying to finish up before the new year. And it was just such a great way to kind of wrap up the year as bookworms, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I know people on Litzy were mentioning that they're going to need an 11th hour readathon to finish their challenges mm-hmm. or to finish their book goals. Yep. So we are here yeah. to help. Yep. One last push, guys. One last push. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> and that will be on December 29th to the 30th, um, Saturday to Sunday, 8 p.m. to 8 p.m. So EST. Uh, yes, Eastern Standard Time. Um, so 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. and mountain time. (laughs) So keep Um, an ear out on our episode next month and on our litzies to, uh, hear all the details. Yep. And, uh, one last cool thing. Um, Kristen at Leo PR sent, uh, the four of us copies of Jennifer L. Armitrott's newest novel, The Darkest Star. And ladies... It sounds like fun. It does. <laughs> it does it sounds sound so fun. fun. <laughs> um, so let me give you a little synop- synopsis about it. Um, when 17-year-old Evie Dasher is caught up in a raid at a notorious club known as one of the few places where humans and the surviving Luxon can mingle freely, she meets Luke, a naturally beautiful guy she initially assumes is a Luxon, but he is in fact something much more powerful. Her growing attraction for Luke will lead her deeper and deeper into a world she'd only heard about, a world where everything she thought she knew will be turned on its head. Um, So this is set in a universe that she's written for her Luck series, but it's more of like a standalone. It's not really part of that series. Um, So it's okay if you haven't read anything else. You can just pick this up and start reading. Which is good because I think that's a pretty long series. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, and I actually read the first few chapters. Um, it's actually like the book I leave in the car that I can read while I'm waiting for, you know, five minutes or so before I have to go get my oldest from kindergarten. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I feel like it's a good YA book for that to do that. Like, I won't lose so much. And um, I, I like the writing so far. It's it's good. Cool. Yep. Yeah, I've I've heard of Armin Trout, but I haven't read her yet. But this one sounded like a lot of fun. And I'm going to be honest, I know they say don't judge a book by its cover, but its cover is really pretty. Yes, it is very pretty. <laughs> so uh, if I'm judging it, I'm only judging it in a good way. <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yep. exactly. 
It's all about looks. That's all. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a lot of exciting things going on for us. Yeah. So I'm excited um, to hear what everybody thinks once we're done reading it. Um, so, ladies, it is November. It is November. Means, yeah, right. Um, which means it is NaNoWriMo, um, National Novel Writing Month. And uh, that's, to me, that's always been a very daunting thing. And I admire everyone who participates in it. I think that's awesome. Um, so, what is it? Um, it's... A nonprofit that I did not realize it was this long ago that started in 1999. Yeah, um, I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember an ex mentioning it, but that was like a few years after it started. It's like, oh, that's a lot older than I thought. Um, but it is a fun uh, seat of your pants approach to creative writing. It is a way to kind of help like, get those writing juices flowing um, and kind of feel inspired. So on November 1st, participants begin working towards the goal of writing a 50,000-word novel by 11.59 p.m. on November 30th. So that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, 50,000 words in 30 days. <laughs> yeah, that's it's like, oh, man. I'm just, I'm just going to go over here and just... Read 50,000 words. <laughs> but in order to put that a little bit into a little bit more perspective, I, um, I calculated approximately how many pages a 50,000 word novel is, and it's a 200 something page novel, roughly. That's a, so it that's depends a solid on like, novel. your spacing and whatever. So, you know, it's not a long novel. It, it's, it's pretty much enough. it's the isn't it pretty much the shortest that they consider a novel <laughs> otherwise yeah. it'd be like a novella or something right probably yeah um well and the reason we're bringing this up is not because it's just november but you fine ladies are participating in it we are Jeanette yes. and I are participating for the first time <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. what are your initial feelings about it when you decided to like, yes, I am doing this? <laughs> well, I had been thinking about it for a while. I had had this idea for a novel kind of bouncing around in my head for almost a year now. And I had started doing some, you know, like basic plotting and coming up with some character names. And I knew how I wanted it to end. And so I'm still honestly trying to figure out how to get there. But I had like the first part of it figured out. And I was like, okay, I think I think this could be a good way just to like give myself a kick in the butt to do it. You know, because it's so easy to say, oh, you know, I'll start it later. I'm too busy right now. When when I'm less busy, whenever that is, um, I will start writing a book and then it'll never happen. So this kind of was a way for me to stay accountable and tell my friends, hey, I'm going to be participating in this this year. Now, that said, I am not beating myself up about actually hitting the 50,000 the 50, word count by the end of the month um, because life does get in the way. But mm -hmm. I feel like any words I get down are more than I started with. And so that's a small victory. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, that's a good way to look at it too and not like worrying so much about the actual number of words, but seeing what you can accomplish. 
Um, exactly. And and yep. also to be fair, like we just said, this for I'm doing like a Celtic inspired young adult fantasy. So 200 pages isn't going to cut it anyway. So <laughs> even even if I hit the 50,000 word count by the end of the month, it doesn't mean I would be done with my book. So, right. you know. Yeah. It's definitely a good start though. So. Oh, yes. Yep. How about you, Jeanette? Well, I have I actually have signed up for it before, but I didn't actually write anything the last time I signed up. So I've had this sad little empty nano account for like four years now. I actually went and looked that up and I've Aww. had it for four years Aww. and have <laughs> done nothing with it. Um, but my cousin and I were working on a writing project of hers uh, over the summer and I had a lot of fun uh, working with her on her writing. And so she said – like something started happening, you know, like Marisette life happened and she'd never finished the project. And she came to me and she said, I want to finish this for Nano. Will you sign up with me and write something of your own? And I was like, I guess I could do that Think, And I didn't tell anybody because I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to do that. But then as it approached, she started setting up some like accountability stuff, like um, she set up a group and then she was started messaging me all the time being like, okay, so you're ready. You're ready, right? And I'm like, she is going to hold me accountable. So I guess I better, you know, shape up. You better do actually something. do something, huh? Yeah. And I had the idea. Um, it's a project that my um, my brother and I started work on a billion years ago. And he did – we wrote some stuff and then he kind of tore it apart. It wasn't fitting what he wanted it to be. And so I I came back uh, last year and I was like, I've got some ideas about this. And he was like, all right, well, he kind of had that attitude. Well, you get those ideas on paper and then we'll talk. So my goal is actually to have a draft of this to show my brother, um, which is going to be fun. But I'm also not – I'm not beating myself up about word count. I've got a lot going on and – I my I'm beating myself up if I don't write every day. So that's my goal is I have to write every day. And so far the only day I've missed was my husband's birthday. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so. a good goal is just <laughs> yeah. to try to get words down every day. Yeah. Um and I've just, missed two yeah. days. Um but um how many so have you been keeping track of how many words you have gotten down so far? Yeah, I have a total right now of 5,000, and I think I'm supposed to have something like fifteen or 16,000 right now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm not okay. – most days when I write, I don't hit the the uh, the goal. The target, in order to get 50,000 words, you have to get um, over 1,600 words every day. And I've only hit that target once mm-hmm. because stuff happens. And I'm not in the habit of writing anymore. I used to write all the time. And – yeah. I'm just not in that habit. But now that I'm getting myself back in the habit, I have to I've realized that I have a minimum of 100 words that I get out every day, which is good. You know, that's a paragraph in most cases. Yeah, so. I mean, that's a lot of words to write in a day. <laughs> like, well, and a time commitment. So I mean, you need to sit down and write those words, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and sometimes you know, the other day I was exhausted all week long. I've been falling asleep early and I was mm-hmm. exhausted. I was sitting on my sofa and my husband's playing video games and I'm like, oh, well, he's playing video games. I should go and write. I'm like, but I'm so tired. I can't go upstairs right now. Right. 
So I just pulled out my phone and on my phone, I typed it to a Google Doc and I typed another paragraph and there was a hundred something words right there. Nice. And yeah, like, that's okay. the way to do it. You yeah, know? I was like, For forced sure. myself to do it and I got a hundred something words. So again, <laughs> last night I was super tired. He was out and I was like, I got 300 something words tonight. Yeah. That, so, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and it is. It's like um, those little victories. And I think that's mm-hmm. also what's nice with Nano is we've got a couple of different group chats going with some other friends that are participating. And so it's just nice to have a little bit of a support system like, oh, hey, how'd your day go? Um, and yeah, whether you wrote 50 words or, you know, 2000 words or whatever, um, mm-hmm. everyone's like, great job. <laughs> and so yeah. it's nice to have that camaraderie. Yeah. It is. Yep. So um, I just wanted to mention just a few books that came out of NaNoWriMo, which I think is amazing. Um, the Night Circus, Wool, and Fangirl. Um, all three books we have read <laughs> at some point in the yes. book club. And all good, awesome books. Would recommend um, all of them. Fantastic. Yep, exactly. true. And I love how they're all different genres. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, but like... That's amazing. That's something out of a project that shows like togetherness and support um, would then have such great works be published, you know. Um, I love this type of stuff. It's just like this is I mean, this is what the world is about. This is like it's coming together, helping each other, like achieve something great, you know, in the long run. Yeah. Um, And I I am not participating in NaNoWriMo. Um, but I am on the sidelines cheering for you ladies. Um, <laughs> well, thanks, Susan. <laughs> I, will, I, will read, I will read whatever you got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready for that yet. But yes. I will, like for me, one of the intimidating things about starting this was because I knew that the people around me, like in these other groups... I knew that they've been writing more than I mm-hmm. have been writing or they've been prepping more than I have been prepping because I was so unsure that I was going to be able to do this. And so I see somebody say, oh, I've written like 5,000 words and it's super intimidating to me. But then I'll go be like, I wrote 130 words today. And people are like, yeah, you did. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's hope for us all. <laughs> there, there really is. Yeah, you guys will do great. Um, And I think just having the mindset of like doing the best you can, what you can do, um, that feeling of accomplishment. um, I don't think you should really worry about the word count. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So So keep going, Jeanette, and I'll keep going too. (laughs) Okay. We got each other's pens or something as gifts. (laughs) I know you're typing and not writing, but... (laughs) That's okay. We can write down ideas as we type. Yeah, it's true. I do have I have a little notebook where I was throwing all kinds of ideas down. So now I'm like flipping through like, wait, I think I wrote something about this. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on to our main read discussion this month, which was not written during Nano as far as I know. (laughs) Uh, It is The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemison. And here's a quick summary. This is the way the world ends, for the last time. A season of endings has begun. It starts with the great red rift across the heart of the world's sole continent, spewing ash that blots out the sun. 
It starts with death, with a murdered son and a missing daughter. It starts with betrayal and long dormant wounds rising up to fester. This is the stillness, a land long familiar with catastrophe, where the power of the earth is wielded as a weapon and where there is no mercy. Yeah, just a little bleak, right? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what's one thing that stood out to you in this book? Well, for me, it was the world building in this book and how it slowly sucks you in. I, it was a, like, it was a slow burn for me. And there's stuff at the beginning um, involving children getting hurt, which is really hard for me to read. And I was like, I'm not going to make it through this book. I, I, I was, I was sure I was going to have to put this down, but I kind of pushed past it and I just found myself ready to come back to this book over and over and over again. It's so well-written and it is so interestingly built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I agree. Um, the, the one thing that stood out to me was the perspectives. <laughs> Which um, we will definitely talk about because it is, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's unusual. Um, I think this is the first book I've seen second person perspective use. That's not a choose your own adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, um, but I think she used it really well and for good reason. So I'm not mad. It's just a little jarring sometimes and different. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, So those two things are uh, probably the two things I wanted to start with. (laughs) So, So let's start with the world building in this book. So it's uh, this sole continent on which may or may not be our Earth. We're not quite sure, right? Um, But it's called The Stillness. And it's just this super volatile, like, world. Like, literally the world is just, like, angry all the time. And there's just earthquakes and tsunamis and like crazy ash clouds and just all this stuff going on. And this isn't the first time that it's been happening because they have something called stone lore, where things are written in stone that pretty much are teachings from the last seasons about how to survive such things. So um, what did you think about this world and the world building and the stone lore, all of that stuff? Well, I mean... I love that stuff. It's like, give me all that sort of detail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, she, she really thought out this world, you know? She was very thoughtful in her decisions. Um, and it really makes the world real. Now, I'm not sure if I want to live in this world, to be uh, honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I think with the type of world it is, I think it all makes a lot of sense. I mean, it seems like it's probably set in some real science. I, I mean, I'm yeah. not a geologist or anything, but while I was reading it, I was like, sounds like she did a lot of research on what our tectonic plates would be doing and, you know, different things yep. if it was this craziness. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched an interview with her and she did, she said she had to do a lot of research on seismology for this. Mm-hmm. Um, because she is not a seismologist. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, could have fooled me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Are you> sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because it mentions how the origins can like f- feel the tremors and like 
they can kind of gauge where the epicenter is from where they are and how hard the 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 rate the the shakes are you know um and that's that's a bunch of math you know <laughs> that they have to figure out and it's like all complicated stuff and i think different different stone is like more susceptible to that kind of stuff than other stone you know another stone being softer than others um so like she she really did her homework (laughs) yeah really did so what do you think Jeanette I mean it's just it's so rich and it's so deep and it feels so um like Susan was saying like I love that like give me as much to make this world real as you possibly can and it does make it you know, dark and gritty and, you know, sad sometimes because it's not, you know, this is a word world where they have, you know, the end of civilization, you know, every couple of hundred years. So that is very, very hard to read, but it's, it was just fascinating to me. Yeah. It really was. I mean, like Susan said, definitely not a world I want to live in. Um, You know, you're always having to stay on guard and be ready to pretty much try to live out the end of the world, uh, which does not sound much fun. Um, But yeah, I would say this definitely falls into however you want to categorize it. Epic fantasy, high fantasy, um, just... It's, I feel like it's up there with, like, Tolkien and all that stuff for the intricacy of the world building. I which, would agree with that. Which can be super interesting. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I haven't actually gotten to read the appendices yet. Um, <laughs> but there, there is a lot of extra information at the back of the book. Um, not only a kind of like a glossary with a bunch of different terms from the book, but it also has pretty much the history of all of the different seasons within the different stone lores and all these things. Um, so what do you think? Is that good to have or is that just like total overkill? <laughs> I mean, to a certain extent, like I, I was like, this is a lot to read and I ended up skipping it. But this is going to sound weird, but I didn't like, I didn't skip it. I skimmed it, but, um, I like, even though I skimmed it, I'm glad it's there. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know more. I just haven't, I'm like waiting until I get a chance to like go back into this world and I need to know all of this again. Cause it's a lot. And I didn't realize how much there was actually there until actually I I, finished the book and was going through it. I only referred to a few different things in the glossaries during the book. And then I was like, wow, there is like everything in here. There's so much information, which right. is awesome. And I definitely want to read it before I start the second book. Uh, Cause I think there's going to be probably some information in there that will be very relevant. Yeah. That's um, what I think too. Yeah. I'm right there with you, Jeanette. Um, I, I'm a I'm a skim appendices type of person. Like in in the Lord of the Rings reread, like we're not reading the appendices. <laughs> You're not? No. <laughs> uh we're not doing that. So <laughs> it's like it's and like personally it's like it seems a little much reading wise, but 
I like that it's there because it shows she put a lot of thought into it and how the history goes to make sure things do make sense. And, you know, there are people who love reading the appendices. So I love that the, it's there for those people who love to read all those little nitty gritty details, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. It's very thorough. Yeah. And the, I mean, and it is interesting information. And mm-hmm. there are things that, um, there are things that kind of, illustrate how the world got to be the way it is but some of them like some of them are kind of freaky and Mm -hmm. you know i didn't need to read that in deep detail at the time (laughs) i can wait until book two (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i think even if you don't read the appendices you you can still see it in the book itself like she put so much time and research into building this world that it's there in the pages of the book and it's just whether or not you want to then dive deeper too (laughs) right now another thing um that some people some people love some people hate this book has a prologue and um Gosh, her her writing style is really interesting. I mean, it's definitely like high fantasy, but it's the writing itself is pretty accessible, I think. But, okay, the first sentence in the prologue. Let's start with the end of the world, why don't we? Get it over with and move on to more interesting things. Um, So that's like the first paragraph of the prologue. (laughs) So um, did you like the prologue? Um, What did you feel about it? And then I definitely want to talk about the last lines of the prologue. Um, I think it gives you a really good idea of what you're getting into. You know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. like, hey, it's the end of the world. Things are going to be bleak. There's going to be awful situations going on. Prepare yourself. Um, very much a gird your loins type of thing. Um, so I, I liked it. I, it gave me an idea of, like, what's going on. Like, ooh. So now that I'm reading, it's like, oh, like... What's going on? How did this happen? Why did this happen? What did he do? Like, what, what, what made him go crazy? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, curious and just like, oh my gosh, okay. So now it's like something to look forward to. Yeah, and I mean, it it shows you kind of the inciting incident of mm-hmm. what's happening in that time. So it, I guess it's different in a way because some prologues show you something way in the past or like something mm-hmm. way in the future, but it's still pretty much set in that present time. Which was right. interesting. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I found it a nice I, – I like prologues. I like epilogues mostly. Um, I thought it was a good way to introduce, like, what is happening to step inside. Mm-hmm. And I liked the voice that she uses throughout the prologue. Um, it's very um, – it's kind of witty. It is, yeah. So I, I just found that really, really fun too, because you expect when you're reading an epic fantasy, you kind of expect like a voice like Tolkien, and you expect the writing to be a little bit less accessible. Mm-hmm, and exactly. this was very accessible. And it starts with that v- first voice, which is basically, it's an invitation. It's not, I'm starting with the end of the world. It's, let's start with the end of the world. Why don't we? Mm-hmm. 
It's like, hey, come in. I'm going to show you this, but this is actually not the most interesting thing we're going to do because, yeah, we actually end our world all the time. And isn't that but, saying something, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that tells you so much right there. But it's, hey, come on in. We're going to do this. And then I'm going to show you the really interesting stuff. And and it's an introdu- introduction to how accessible this language is because there's so much um, – I was talking about this the other day. There's so much slang. There's so many new um, – ideas that you're going to have to understand because you're going to have to understand all of this stuff about seismology and there's made up words and things like that because it's a fantasy and there's already so much vocab you're not going to have and then she makes it accessible and invites us in and says hey yeah. let's do this because how much more i mean gosh it would have been such a slog trying to get through this if it wasn't readily accessible language <laughs> right yeah. yep now, one thing, though, it made my little English major heart happy. At the end of the prologue, she takes the last uh, three lines of T.S. Eliot's The Hollow Men and kind of turns it on its head. And I was just like, ooh, I'm going to like this book. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the end of um, T.S. Eliot's poem, The Hollow Men, is and it's I mean it's very famous, but this is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but what a but with a whimper. And then she ends hers with but this is the way the world ends, this is the way the world ends, this is the way the world ends for the last time. I was like, Oh <laughs> this this is gonna be good. And I love, I feel like it's a good juxtaposition because in Elliot's, it's not with a bang, but what, but with a whimper. And I can't say that apparently, but with a whimper. Uh, and then in this book, it's literally ending with a bang, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's clever. <laughs> it is. I mean, I haven't read that poem in a very long time, probably a good five years. But um, it was fun to see it. There it was fun to see how Jemison used it and turned it on its head. Yeah. And I'll link it in the show notes for anyone who wants to read it. It's a really interesting poem. And um, it was written back in 1925. And I think, you know, some people kind of feel like it might be looking back on World War One, which, again, mm. everyone kind of thought was the end of the world. Right. Um, so just super interesting. Ah. Now, something else that Susan brought up that I also thought was interesting and that I would say pretty much every writing book or reference out there says, do not ever do this, (laughs) is writing in a second person point of view, uh, which if uh, listeners out there aren't familiar, it's where it says, you do this, you said this, Um, everything is you, you, you. And it is. It's kind of jarring. Um, thankfully, she only did it for one person's point of view. But what mm-hmm. did you think about that? You're saying that. And I'm like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you will answer this question. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't, I feel like it's, um, it's a really, um, I don't want to say harsh, but it's like a very uh, firm 
point of view, you know, like mm-hmm. you are doing this, like this is like a definite thing. Like kind of like they're one, they're making you think that, you know, what you're doing. Um, so it's, it was hard. Um, I, it, the chapters have become more interesting for Essen as you go along, but in the beginning, the, her first few chapters were a little hard to get through. And it, honestly, like what she was going through was really hard. Um, and it was really hard for me to feel anything for her. You know what I mean? Does that even make any sense? Um, I had a hard time feeling sympathy because like the point of view was too jarring for me. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like, and, and Jeanette, you can chime in with your thoughts. I almost feel like that's why it was done, where it's trying right. to distance you. Um, well, I feel like the character herself was distancing herself from her reality. Um, right. Her, right. She had just found her son brutally murdered by her husband. And I think she just kind of, like, what's the word I'm looking for? She just... Help me out, Jeanette. My brain has stopped working. Well, um, I liked the way Tara said something the other day that I really liked. She said it's kind of like she was talking herself through it. Yes. Yeah. And I really, yep. I really like that because that is kind of eventually how it comes across. Um, but because for me, it like it does kind of start like a choose your own adventure, and that I did not like, and that mm-hmm. on top of the, you know. Terrible things happening to her yeah. son was like, it's like, I, I don't know, but it's like, mm-hmm. you are she, she is you. And then it's like, you are Essen. And then the next paragraph starts with, you're an origin. And it's like, okay, like, this is very choose your own adventure. Like, this gets better, right? This is a weird way to start this book. Yeah. <laughs> then um, it continues and it gets less like, it gets less choose your own adventure or less um less D because it also had like elements of D D there, like Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yep. You're you this, come, you're here, yep. you've been you doing come this. this thing. What do you <laughs> yeah. do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think kinda of going along, I think, with what Tara was saying is she is in shock and this is the only right. way that she can get through just the the you know, going through the steps of her life right now. Yeah, and that kind of that gets better. Out. It does. Um, I feel like it was super jarring when it started. I was like, "Whoa, we're 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 doing a second person POV." Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, um, but I would say within I don't know maybe a chapter or two, I it wasn't as jarring for me anymore. I somehow started getting used to it. But it also helped that you weren't in that mindset the whole time. You right. were able to yeah. go to some other uh, characters' point of views. Yep. Yeah, and I think it also helps that at the beginning it is very much like you are Essen, you are here, you are doing this. And it's very short sentences, mm-hmm. which again yeah. kind of goes along with that I'm dealing with something. I'm in shock. I've I've had a huge trauma. But it starts to flow more as the chapters go on and she's doing stuff and it's more like you notice this. You're going to yeah. do this. You don't like this, but you're going to do it anyway. Or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a choice. And that and that becomes more... This is the stuff I think to myself in, the, in my head. Because it flows more and there's more ideas in there. And it's not short and choppy. And 
this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me is I it's going to sound weird, but it's like I kind of wanted to feel with her. I wanted to sympathize with her and empathize, you know, and the perspective kind of doesn't allow you to do that. And I think that might be one of my problems. Like she's going through this horrible thing. I want to be there for her. I want to like, you know, take some of her pain. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, I think it was a way for her to shut down her emotions. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's what I was trying to say earlier is um, she just, she's, she's in so much turmoil that right. she can't even process like emotionally what this is doing to her. Right. Yeah. And so, so she distanced to... herself from her own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it was a very, like a very interesting concept. Um, and I think in the end she pulled it off, but maybe if there's anyone else um, going and doing nano, probably don't do second person point. Of view. <laughs> 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 just just going to throw that out there. Good call. You know, not all of us are N.K. Jemison, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good thing, you know. Okay, so we've talked tons about point of views, but let's actually talk about some of the characters. <laughs> you know, might help. Um, so first, this is probably a pretty major spoiler. So just so you know, um, were you surprised when we found out the point of views were all actually, like, from the same character, that Damaya, Cyanite, and Essen were the same person. Whoa. <laughs> um, I, um, I ahead, was, Jeanette. like... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, uh, I was completely shocked at first when I realized that Damaya and Cyanite were the same person. Like, normally that's, like, sort of the little thing, like, I'd pick up. But no clue. I was like, I had no clue. But then, of course, when I realized those two were the same person, then I was like, oh, I bet Essence the same person. And that reveal comes a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, this all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. So, but it had not, it hadn't occurred to me that even though I recognized that all these characters were at different ages, and going through similar experiences, it hadn't occurred to me that they could be the same person. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they were even different parts of the world, too. It's not like they were growing up in the same city, you know? Right. Yeah. And and for me, it was hard to know for sure because Essen's, uh, uh, you know, timeline was the here and now, like that was happening. And you could tell right. that Demaya and Cyanites were sometime in the past, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I could definitely tell that Demaya and Cyanites were not happening concurrently. You know, yeah. they, they could have both been happening at the same time in the past or one could be before the other. Like it was just hard to know for sure. So I was thinking that Demaya and Cyanite, one of them could be, Essen from the past, but I didn't put together that all three of them would be the same. Yeah, yeah I kind of string them all together because, like, something that Cyanide said was like, "Oh my gosh, that's exactly what Demaya went through." And then, like, this thing went in my head where it's like, "Oh my gosh, what if they were all the same people? That would be amazing." <laughs> <laughs> so you got it. You got so it early it was, then. 
it was like a theory, you know. It's like, oh, this would be cool if it was like this, you know. So I was like, oh, yes. and I'm like, oh, I feel so smart. <laughs> Isn't that fun when you when you get to yeah. you know figure out that twist ahead of time? <laughs> yeah, because normally I'm not that kind of person. Like I just kind of want to like enjoy the journey and like be in the moment and stuff. But like the way it was set up and kind of done, I was like, it just kind of like light bulb went off is like oh my gosh it would be kind of really cool if it, all three women were the same person mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I was like hoping for <laughs> well and and it might be the same person but all three of these you know characters point of views however you want to say it they're all very different I mean she yes, has been through completely different things through her life uh, so did and that's you have... part of what threw me off. Exactly. Because yeah. They have such different personalities. Yeah. Especially between Cyanite and Essen. Because yes. Cyanite is like this firecracker. You know, she has all of this anger and she's not afraid to like speak her mind and just Essen. And, and to be fair, we're seeing Essen after just a terrible tragedy. And I think she has turned a lot off on in her. Um, but I think she had also had to hide a lot of herself when she yeah. just went out and didn't want to be known as an origin. Yeah, true. Yep. And Demaya starts out very afraid. Right. So those differences, because Cyanite doesn't seem like she could be afraid of just about anything. So right. those differences really, those really added to my not figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also shows how impactful the experiences that she has gone through throughout her life are. I mean, they've yeah. really shaped her and molded her. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of the other kind of notable characters. So you have Alabaster, Shafa, Enon, Tonki slash Beanoff, and Hoa. Anyone that you want to talk about in particular? You've got some burning desire to speak about. <laughs> oh, Alabaster. I feel... Yeah. I, I was feeling so bad for him. <laughs> um, so interesting. So I want complex. to know more about yeah. his background. Exactly. Yes, like, I want his so journey. He's, there's so much that he's hiding, but he's not hiding it as well like if cyanite had wanted to know he would have opened up everything to her yeah um and that was so frustrating to me because cyanite just did not care she was too angry to care (laughs) (laughs) and i was like but alabaster's a really interesting dude like you should have a conversation with him yeah but i mean like it's kind of understandable she's forced to like be with this guy she doesn't even want to True. You know, like it's it's hard to be emotionally invested when you're forced to do something you really don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. But he is. He's such an interesting character. He's the only living tin ringer, which yeah. is like the highest level of origins. And he knows like at least one other language that isn't ever explained. And mm, how nope. the heck did he get in cahoots with the stone eaters to begin with? And like he just right. knows all these things that he shouldn't know. And just who are you? <laughs> what has been your journey to get here? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
just and, and it's not like even like he went on adventures like he ex- clearly experienced trauma you know oh yeah and saw yeah. things that Terrible made him things. feel the way he does especially with the the, the node stations you know oh my gosh uh, that's just heartbreaking yeah uh so it's like what like what led you to find this out you know mm-hmm. so ugh, so much yeah so much um and and it's not looking too good for him by the end of the book, so I don't know if we're going to get much more from him or how that's going to play out in the next book. Maybe Look, he, he needs to stick around long enough for me to get answers to my questions. And then, <laughs> yeah, seriously. then he can, can make his just, own decisions. <laughs> yeah, stop turning into stone and just answer some questions for us, okay? Well, that's, what, that's what I was saying. Maybe he has a diary hidden away, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dear diary. Yeah. <laughs> Today I started turning into stone. Yeah, like that would that would be just so convenient. <laughs> uh, so, anyone else that you want you have any feelings about that you want to talk about? Well, I mean, as long as we're talking about alabaster, can we talk about like the great little family dynamic that he and Cyanite had? Yes, um, please. After, it's like so interesting to me. Um, My. I felt so happy um, for them because it was like a family dynamic that worked for them and they genuinely seemed happy. Um, even though Cyanide was going crazy, you know, cabin fever or island fever. I don't, yeah, she, island she, fever. <laughs> she was bored. Yeah, like she was bored. And it's like, I get it. You want to go and do other stuff. Um, but overall, like, I think. Um, I think it was like really sweet, and I love like I loved that there was the dynamic where Alabaster was really like the emotional like like quote unquote motherly type. Do you, you know what I mean? And, yeah, like, he was. Yeah, and yeah, Cyanite he was, was the soft one. The, yes, um, and yeah. Cyanite was just like, yeah, I had a baby. You know, like I love I love my kid, but you know, I want to like go out and do other things. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mm-hmm. um. I, I, I want then, to have my child and work, I guess. is like Yeah. A good, good and, and that whole analogy. part of the story was really interesting because on this island, origins are not only respected, but they're in charge. Yeah. And, yeah. and because of that, these, you know, this group of people have been able to live on this uninhabitable island that should have been wiped out seasons ago by like tsunamis and stuff. And it was just a really interesting dynamic to see and to see that, wow, this is actually how the stillness could be if they didn't treat the origins so terribly. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. There, is, oh, well, there are and what I The other like interesting thing about that is that not only are they not afraid of the origins and they're welcoming them and putting them in charge, but that – like all of the communities are – or the towns are called communities and they're called comms. But this was the one that seemed most like a community. Yes. And yeah, yep. I agree. They, they all, you know, they all partied together. They celebrated together. They were sad together. They were afraid together. They helped each other. This was the whole, it takes a village to raise a child kind of mindset, because even though it was really Alabaster and Essen and, Inon, who are is it Inon or Inon? 
Sorry, I, I don't know. Jemison. I thought Enon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Miss Jemison, if I'm doing it wrong. Um, but Enon um, were raising their child. But at the same time, when things were happening, Cyanite was clearly like, I can hand off my kid to this woman or I mm-hmm. can send my boy to play with that kid because we know them. Right. They've played before. They've helped before. I've helped them. So right. I know they'll do me this favor. Like the, mm-hmm. these are people who really relied on each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. I love that so much. Like, I think this this was the closest to happy in this book. Yeah. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Like, this is like a one point in time where you see like content and happiness and togetherness um, where nobody's like uncomfortable or afraid. Uh, It was a good place to have that in, you know? Yeah. Have a little bit of a respite from all the terribleness. Yeah. Yeah. and I think it's also worth mentioning just when we're talking about characters in general that Jemison does this amazing job of making these characters so diverse. Yep. And um, I think it's worth taking note. Um, not only, like, are they different, like, you know, racially diverse characters. Like, you know, Alabaster is, like, you know, described as being just very, very dark. And Cyanite is another shade of, you know... I guess brown is kind of how they were talking about it. But not only that, but, you know, you've got different sexual orientations, some gender fluidity going on. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was great to see in this type of high fantasy um, that is not just a bunch of old white guys. (laughs) You don't see a bunch of white guys just walking through the forest. Yeah. (laughs) Well, even personality types, because, yeah, when you have... Sorry to pick on Tolkien so much, but when you have, <laughs> you know, 12 dwarfs going off to have an adventure and, like, even their names are almost interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, they're all just, yeah, we're off to go and, you know, get some treasure or have an adventure or do whatever they're off to do. Um, it's interesting to have characters that are so very different and what they care about, what they want, what they're afraid of. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, yeah. it's just so much easier to keep track of. Like, Oin and Gloin, like, I don't know. The <laughs> only difference is their beard. I'm like, I can't keep track of yeah. all of these doors. Sorry. <laughs> so, yep. I, I loved it. <laughs> And so along with all of these different types of characters, we had different types of beings. I'm not even really sure what the right word would be. But you have the stills, which are just kind of the regular people. (laughs) And then you have guardians who are kind of in charge of the origins, the origins, um, which also have a slur term that a lot of people use, which is rogas. And then you have these kind of elusive uh, beings called the stone eaters. So again, kind of going into her world building with all these different types of characters. But what did you think about them? Especially, we haven't talked much about the guardians or the stone eaters yet. I just want to know more. Yes, same. <laughs> so Especially... little is given about them. Yep. Um. You you get you kind of like have. Like, get to know the Guardians a little more, especially um, when Demaya's in school, you know. 
you, you kind of learn a little bit more about them. But like the stone eaters, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Are they an experiment gone wrong? Uh, is this like a natural progression of, of is it natural evolution? What's going on with them? <laughs> yeah. And it seems like they, I don't know if they're completely immortal, but they do seem to live a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, were they there first? Were they, right. you know, do they have something to do with the obelisks? Uh, which we haven't even gotten to talk about. Like, what the heck are these things flying in the sky? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's so many questions, uh, which I guess is why there's still two more books. Yep. Um, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was very interesting that the Guardians are children of two origins that are a still, that don't have the origin power or orogeny, I guess is mm-hmm. the term. Yeah. Right. Um, just very interesting but it seems like i don't know what they put those kids through but they don't seem superhuman afterwards and i swear that one that had a meltdown i was like are they robots (gasps) oh my gosh (laughs) i was wondering about the robot thing too when he had a meltdown that was intense (laughs) so yeah there's a lot of questions here yep Yep. want more please (laughs) Yeah. So um, I think, you know, we're going to have more questions than answers this time. I think that might be a a good way to end this segment. (laughs) Um, So so did you like it? And are you going to continue with the next book? Yes, I liked it a lot. Um, Point of view aside, that was, you know, different. But I think overall, it's great. I want to keep reading. yeah, so that, that'll be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I think I would consider continue with the next book. Um, I might give myself like a little space, like a couple of weeks between books. I think this is one of those like very dark universes I can't mm-hmm. spend weeks inside of because right. I think I'd be very sad. But I want to know the answers to all these questions. I want to know more. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'm there yeah. with you. Uh, I already have the second book, so uh, we'll probably start on that soon. Uh, <laughs> right but... when we end this podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> going to hang up and pick up the book. Um, <laughs> but another book that I will need to read soon is the next book on Eclectic Readers, which is The Drunken Botanist by Amy Stewart. Woo! Should be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm excited that we're going to see uh, a different side of Amy Stewart. She was the author of um, Girl Waits with Gun. So right. I'm interested to see her kind of nonfiction researchy side. So I was just thinking, is this the first time we're going to read the same author? I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a first for us. Another <laughs> first for the book club. Yep. <laughs> I think it helps that it's she's doing like two different genres. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. And it's and um, uh, yeah, it might be an interesting kind of conversation because it's about plants and their use in like mixed drinks and things like that. No. So. Yeah. Now we won't be making any during the recording of our <laughs> podcast because we record really early in the morning. <laughs> Or unless we stay up really late the night before. I was going to say, we could stay up and pull an all-nighter. All-nighter, woo! 
I don't know how good we'll sound, but <laughs> so listeners, if we sound a little weird next month, don't worry about it. <laughs> We're just getting into the holiday spirit. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so for links to all the books we've talked about today, I'll put that link for the interview with N.K. Jemison in our show notes, too. And you can find those show notes at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 55. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle on Twitter is at eclecticreadpod. And you can find us at lit- on Litzy at eclecticreaders. Uh, look us up on Goodreads, or you can just look us up individually on the internet. Susan, where can we find you? Uh, well, uh, folks can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and let's see, under Rudy Kaicho. That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. And Meredith, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, and Goodreads, all under Mare the Book Gal. All right. And you can find me on Goodreads and let's see at J-M-T-R-I-V-E-R-A, J-M-T Rivera. And you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. Uh, please be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. If you had subscribed in your favorite podcatcher, you would have already known that we had released a V.E. Schwab interview and you would have been in on it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, just saying. <laughs> and if you'd like to help other people find us, and you really should, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because then all the book lovers of the world can come together and ask these questions of N.K. Jemison together. <laughs> and that's all for us today. So let's shell this until next month. Bye. 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 So what happened was I clicked record and it happened a little late with Skype is like David's stupid MacBook. I hit record and then a stupid message pops up. You, you want access to your mic. Do you want access to your mic? And like it mutes everything until I hit OK or allow. <laughs> ah. Yes. And you're God. like, uh, yeah, no shit. Of course I do. <laughs> I'm recording. <laughs>